Who would win in a fight? Godric Gryffindor, Salazar Slytherin, Helga Hufflepuff, or Rowena Ravenclaw? Well, definitely not <laughs> Rowena Ravenclaw. I think Helga Hufflepuff no, would win. <laughs> the gray lady got killed by a stupid bloody The gray lady is not Rowena Ravenclaw. <laughs> She's her daughter. Her daughter. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, like Everyone mother, knows. like daughter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Salazar Slytherin. He's got a freaking basilisk. Well, Gryffindor has a sword. Oh, who cares? He's, he's a champion duelist. Sword is known to kill that basilisk. That is though. true. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Poked a giant hole in my theory. And in your basilisk. <laughs> oh, oh no! Man. Okay, so we but we all agree Helga Hufflepuff would win, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know nothing about her, so I can't argue against that. <laughs> Hey, yeah, today we're talking about the best movie in the Harry Potter series, as Debatable. I'm sure everyone would agree. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone here agrees. Oh, we're talking yeah. about Harry Potter 2, The Chamber of Secrets, directed by Chris Columbus again. Yeah, and written Chris by Columbus. Steve Cloves. Just a little reminder, this is all part of our big 20-year anniversary Harry Potter celebration. We're covering some of the biggest and probably like most shocking theories in Harry Potter including that possibly Ron cast the Imperious Curse on Hermione, Hagrid may or may not have been a Death Eater, Dumbledore also might have been a Death Eater, or maybe just evil, some kind of dark wizard. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, think he's a Death Eater, or necessarily <laughs> no, on Voldemort's side, but he was a he's dark just wizard. another dark wizard, yeah. The most important theory of all, though, that Snape is Harry's father. Those are the yes. theories we're going over Snape today. Snape is and Harry's today, father. today, we're covering Harry Potter 2, The Chamber of Secrets. Of course, based on the book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, written by J.K. Rowling. Or, Ro is it Rowling? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> I looked it up last she time. She can correct us when we get her on. <laughs> <laughs> so I think all of us think this is the most entertaining, probably the best Harry Potter movie. One, one criticism I often hear uh, levied against this movie and this book is that People say that it is the least important to the plot, that you could like basically lift it out and it doesn't matter. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that, Leif. Like, no. what do you think? What? It's the, one of the <laughs> most important ones in the series. I think the absolute opposite. Exactly. This movie introduces Horcruxes. It introduces Voldemort. Like, we didn't even see Voldemort in the first movie. Exactly. It was just like a scab on the back of someone's head. Now we actually meet Tom Riddle. We right. learn about his past. We learn about Hagrid's past. We learn about Dumbledore's past. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. This movie the movie so that important. you can 100% lift out is Harry Potter 3. Harry Potter 3. <laughs> right. Prisoner, the, the, of Prisoner of Azkaban. Like, the yes. only important thing that happens is Wormtail goes back to the Dark Lord. He could have done that. <laughs> At any point yep. for any reason, at any time. <laughs> like I guess Sirius I can't comes believe back so he that Voldemort die. is not more angry at Wormtail. <laughs> like that's all Voldemort needed to come back was Wormtail. That's all he mm -hmm. needed. <laughs> My favorite opening to any Harry Potter book or any Harry Potter movie. You know, it starts basically with uh, Harry Potter. He he's he's like he's a psychopath. He's very disturbed. Um, he goes crazy. He just starts like throwing cakes at people. Right. Yeah. And that, that that is one theory that you could take from at least the first two movies is that it's all in yes. Harry's head. The popcorn isn't real. He is their they disturbed up for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Their disturbed son drops cakes yeah, on most, people's heads. Yeah. Just keeps slamming the closet in his door upstairs. Just yeah, he wants attention. Him to be quiet. <laughs> Meeting new people really upsets him. Sometimes starts hitting himself with things and screaming about it. Bad, bad Harry. 
has no, a I think imaginary friend named Dobby. <laughs> the Not really that Dobby friend. is just Harry's <laughs> personality manifesting itself. Yeah. A self-abusive and crazy. abusive of other people, non-friend, <laughs> who is imaginary, yeah. named Dobby. Yep. No, in, in, in reality, in the reality of the books and movies, I, I do love the opening to Harry Potter 2. I think it establishes a really fun mystery right off the bat. You're like, who's Dobby? What's he doing here? How powerful is Dobby? You know, he Very. seems to work for someone <laughs> even more powerful, but and yet he can do anything he wants. Yeah. Right? Like, it's kind of cool the way they establish that. You think it's going to pay off, but it kind of just doesn't. Like, turns out how right. are just really powerful for no And they're reason. just like, you all <laughs> should feel happy for Dobby because he's free now. Yeah. And he's cute. When you're like, Dobby is free he's not evil. Nice. He's, he's a psychopath. <laughs> he's so terrible in this movie. <laughs> he, <sighs> right. Now, I, I thought there would be more to Dobby, and I thought that he might turn out to be like a villain or something later. He never yeah, did. That, that but I do like the mystery that they set out with, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something a theme here. Coming at this from like, you know, as a kid, I read the first book and I was waiting for the second book to come out with like bated breath, right? I was so excited. And the opening of the second book is like, Harry Potter must not return to Hogwarts. <laughs> like, oh, no. What? No, he has to go back to Hogwarts. This is That's one his place thing. He's happy. Hogwarts <laughs> right? is my home. It's a fun opening. It's really cool. He has to dissociate Vernon... back to the fantasy land of Hogwarts so he can't deal <laughs> with the stress. Jay Rowling has explicitly said that theory. theory is not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool because then like Vernon like locks him up. In the books, they go a lot deeper into describing how much he like locks down the house. Like he he buys bars not just for the windows but also for the doors. How's Harry gonna get back to Hogwarts? And then out of nowhere, the Weasleys come in with this flying car and rip half of the house off. That just got my blood pumping as a kid. I was like, oh my gosh, they're busting him out of Fort Knox. This is so cool. He and Petunia know that by letting Harry leave, they are incurring more wrath from the dark wizard Dumbledore, which is points for the Dumbledore theory that Harry could go live with the Weasleys if not for Dumbledore. Dumbledore is the entire reason he has to keep going back to the Dursleys every single year. Dumbledore is like, go back and live with the Dursleys. I get it. So they're keeping him here for their own safety. They're like, no, you're not leaving our house. That evil wizard put you here and he'll kill us if we let you leave. He sends Sends them a howler howler when they finally kick him out of the house. (laughs) But you do have to point out while saying all that, that although Harry could go live with the Weasleys, and I think that would be a better solution. The reason that Dumbledore doesn't allow it is because by living with someone who's blood related to him, Harry can continue the magic of love that Lily cast on him over death that protects him from Voldemort. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. That's true. There is an in-universe reason. That is the in-universe explanation for why Dumbledore thinks Harry needs to live with the Dursleys. Right, because Surrey is so safe for Harry. It's not like he encounters some life-threatening thing every... (laughs) Every the beginning of every book. And it's also worth noticing that specifically the reason he needed the blood of the enemy unwillingly taken or whatever was to break that spell that Lily cast and right, he, so he after, says that it did I can touch you now and yeah after yep, the fifth so in the fifth that, book and he on he still is yeah with the Dursleys <laughs> no, Dumbledore is just torturing him because he likes torturing Harry yeah and Harry loves it Harry's so loyal to Dumbledore as we will see in this movie yep, <laughs> he's, he's Dumbledore's man through and through well first you, you did want to talk about the Weasleys let's talk about the Weasleys I'm just going to say, I believe that Ron, he takes a lot after his mother, Molly, who I think is kind of a bad person. Yeah. Not only is she okay with them kidnapping Harry, we know how she constantly is like 
does this weird abusive hot and cold thing where she berates her yep. kids, but then just showers love and affection yep. on Harry. <laughs> exactly. I don't think it's because she likes Harry. I think it's to punish her kids. <laughs> yeah, it's to put them in their place. She's like, yeah, you see, you see what I'm doing here, huh? Yeah, she's if you like, were good kids. For my love. <laughs> I think both of those uh, reasonings are a little tenuous. First of all, the the reason she doesn't care that they kidnapped Harry is because Ron keeps her updated on how right. like the Dursleys abuse him. So right, she's happy to have him there. Uh, second of all, as a child. I frequently had friends who I would go visit and their parents would act like that, where they'd be pretty harsh on their own kids and then be really nice to me because I'm the guest and it's easier to be nice to a guest. But then, so they use flu powder to travel to Diagon Alley. Harry goes through the fireplace and they know he went to Nocturne Alley. But they don't care. Yeah. She she says, oh, I hoped that, that you just went one gate too far, which she would know is Nocturne Alley, uh-huh. which is a bad place, as we'll definitely get into. But like she's just lining up to get a, a signature or whatever, an, all, an, an Dude, autograph from Gilderoy Gilder Lockhart. Lockhart. Come on. Uh, yeah, she's a very <laughs> big fan. <laughs> she doesn't care. Like, like I think this this is evidence against what Brita just said, that she doesn't care about Harry himself. It's just to punish her kids. She doesn't care that he ended up in Nocturne Alley. He's getting abused by weird witches who are like, come here, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk about flu powder. Everything about flu powder and how it works is based entirely on voice recognition with no security measures in place to stop you from traveling to any chimney anywhere in the and world. And not the kind of voice recognition <laughs> that like determines who you are. No. Just no, no. Just understands the words going. you like, say or doesn't understand them. Yeah, like them. Siri. <laughs> it's like if instead of driving places, you said, hey, Siri, take me to whatever place I want to go and just hope that she knew what place you're talking about. <laughs> Why would anyone use blue powder when we've got so many other means of transportation? The other means of transportation are worth talking about because most of them can't be used by children specifically apparition can't be used by children right that's we know that you can't do that until i think you're 17 and that causes a lot of problems and also wizards don't seem to use brooms for actual transportation they seem to use them almost exclusively for quidditch there's port keys, but port keys, I think, are arguably even more dangerous than the flu network. Like, you just have to grab yeah. on and let go at a <laughs> random time. And right. also, you have to spell it specifically to take people to a specific place at a specific time. And, like, I, th- I think you can have reusable port keys, but it's a whole mess. So right. I don't I think the flu network does suck, but I think it's better than most of those. OK, so last thing about flu powder. Is Santa Claus a wizard? I think that's addressed in universe. Like, I think they talk about Santa Claus. You're a wizard, Santa. (laughs) But I I don't remember the details. No, there's a pretty cool theory that Santa Claus is a wizard that he uses flu powder to get into every house, that he uses magic to, you know, accio all the presents to him. I mean, everyone loves it when Santa shows up in their cool fantasy, like, especially in the Narnia movie. Yeah, (laughs) Santa! Here's some weapons, kids! (laughs) These are the only ways to travel. And if wizards can't apparate when they're younger, and if wizards canonically don't use toilets, how do children apparate their droppings away? <laughs> I don't know that they canonically don't use toilets. They have they, lots they just of use, toilets. They just use them to get into the ministry. According to J.K. Rowling, Hogwarts plumbing became more elaborate in the 18th century. This is a rare instance of wizards copying muggles. Because hitherto, they simply relieved themselves wherever they stood and vanished the evidence. <laughs> That's what J.K. Rowling said. Seems unlikely. <laughs> well, I know, it's crazy. I guess and you especially need a when you factor around. in the fact that Slytherin built his secret lab underneath a toilet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though he came from a time before they used toilets. Yeah, they right. came from 900 <laughs> AD, I think. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know when the wizard operating at 17 rule started. So maybe children oh, didn't yeah, used to know true. how to operate You're their right. poop hey, away. Good point. It's great, but like kids just keep getting splinched all over the place when they're trying to <laughs> yeah. operate their poop away. Oh, no. Uh, we should probably just... You, what do the muggles use? Oh, yeah. Those, those, are, those look safer. And I think Salazar Slytherin once he used those, but we forgot one. about it. <laughs> Wait. Salazar Slytherin, he didn't know it was a toilet. That's why it doesn't work. He's oh. like, this must be some kind of a door, right? <laughs> I'll use this as a door. Technically, it's under the sink, not the toilet. <laughs> uh, the toilet never worked, though. I mean... Yeah. It's because he didn't know what it was supposed to do. That's true. <laughs> okay, so, so Harry ends Harry's up in... in Nocturne Alley. Yes. To support the bad Hagrid theory, Hagrid shows oh, up yeah. and then berates Harry for skulking around Nocturne Alley, dodgy place. Don't want no one to see you there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly projecting. And clearly not only that, before he said that, either. he knocks the tray out of the hands of the witch who's being weird to Harry, and he grabs Harry by the scruff of his neck and, like, drags him away. Like, it's <laughs> not, like, a very protective, like, oh, it's okay, Harry. Like, like he's he very- doesn't want Harry to see what he was doing. Exactly. Yeah. And his excuse for being in that alley is total BS. Yeah. Right. He says, I was lost. Hang on. What um, were you doing uh, here? I was uh, looking for a flesh eaten slug repellent. Yeah. Ruining all the cabbages. That might have been useful later on (laughs) when Ron is Uh coughing up flesh eating slugs. (laughs) And he does not have it. And not only. And his only thing he's got is a freaking bucket to spit in. He had flesh eaten slug repellent. I mean, maybe it doesn't work once it's inside (laughs) you. To be fair, yeah. I wouldn't want to put flesh eating slug repellent down my throat. I don't think those slugs are regardless, first. First of all, I this seems like a common enough product that I don't understand why the only place it's being sold is in yeah. Nocturne Alley well, at Dawson Place. Sound pretty bad. Where people think you're up to no good. Yeah, and unless, then he unless you can only get flesh eating slugs through dodgy means, maybe. and people yeah, really like, think you're weird. But here's, but, here's, but here's the next thing. So he says it's, it's like a sexually transmitted no. disease. <laughs> <laughs> cabbages like an innuendo. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whoa, that oh, explains no. why Hagrid doesn't want people to see. <laughs> oh it's, man, we've just poked holes in our own thing. theory. Uh, but to assume it's not an innuendo, uh, he says he needs it for the school cabbages, something we never hear about again. But later in the book, they talk about him using it to keep the baby mandrakes safe. So yes. as it turns out, there was a use for the flush-eating slug repellent, but not the one that Hagrid said. So I honestly no. don't <laughs> think he was getting flush-eating slug repellent at that time or at that place. He just, like you said, made up an excuse for well, Harry. Well, also Professor yeah. Sprout probably has some. Right? Why does she need to rely yes. on Hagrid to well, go get some from Nocturne keeper. Alley. It's his job to get things for the grounds, Eric, by which I mean, I mean plants. <laughs> so Harry safely escapes both Nocturne Alley and the evil Hagrid and makes his way to Flourish and Blots, where Hermione is incredibly happy to see him. Unlike everyone else, she was actually rightfully worried. In the book, when Gilderoy gives Harry all his books, Harry gives them all to Ginny, like he dumps them in her cauldron and says he'll buy his own because he's rich. Yep. In the movie, Molly greedily steals them, saying, you give yep. me those, I'll, I'll get, get them, them signed. signed. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked that detail in the book. I thought it was one of the few times where he showed any recognition at all that his best friend's family is insanely poor and he's a millionaire, right? Like, he lets them take care of him and buy him things and do things for him all the time and never in any way repays them. In the movie, Molly's just too excited about her favorite star being there and has to go get them signed. (laughs) Harry Potter, he's leaving and he runs into Malfoy. Malfoy rips a page out of a book and Mm -hmm. shoves it into his cloak. 
what page is this and from what book and why did they include that? <laughs> like, is this just a show that he's a bad boy ripping pages out of books? I think <laughs> like, that is why. I think he's like Sky Parkins from Hogwarts. Oh, he Mystery. probably is. <laughs> In Hogwarts Mystery, hey, yeah, there's a character I, I who when that. she studies, she rips out the pages of the book that she'll need. And if you leave it on that scene of the game, she'll just rip out pages forever. <laughs> oh, man. I got to download that game. And, and her, re- <laughs> her reasoning for this is because she tries. Travels light. Yeah, <laughs> she's such Whoa. a good Quidditch player. <laughs> she's so full of pages. <laughs> uh, but no, back to Torvald's question. I don't think there is a book or movie explanation for that scene. There is a fan theory explanation for that scene, which oh. is that later in this movie we do encounter a page that has been torn out of a book. Do you remember what it is? It's the page with the information on the basilisk oh, that Harry right. takes oh, out Hermione's of Hermione's note. hand. Oh, so yeah, there right. is a fan theory that says, "Oh my god!" Like Hermione would never tear a page out of a book. No. Hermione loves You're books. You're right. And so yeah, there's a fan theory that he knew about the basilisk and was actually trying to help them secretly the whole time. And, and he, he would know. He would have bas- known about the basilisk. <laughs> yep. His dad was the one who set this in motion. So yes, that he tore that that page out to give them that hint later, and that he was the one who gave that page to Hermione, perhaps well, without her knowing. Dude, it's not to show that he's a bad boy. It's to show that he's a good boy. <laughs> I don't think Draco's necessarily good, but I'm thinking, you know, he's not so bad. <laughs> so he comes down the stairs. He's like, bet you love that Potter. <laughs> Famous Harry Potter. <laughs> Can't even go to a bookshop without making the front page. And then Ginny's all like, leave him alone. And then Lucius shows up. And then after they talk to Lucius, he goes up to Harry. He says, see you at school. That would almost be a nice thing to say, <laughs> right? See you at school, man. Bye. You know? He doesn't have friends except for Crab and Goyle, so he doesn't know how to interact with people in a non-intimidating manner. Crab and Goyle don't even like him. They're complete idiots. He thinks nothing of them. Like, he doesn't even think they can read. (laughs) I think he is correct. Like, he's not being rude there. (laughs) You you mentioned that Lucius shows up. Oh, my gosh. Lucius is so good here. Excellent casting. This whole conversation, the shot of him suddenly pulling Harry closer out of nowhere as the camera Dutch angles and he brushes Harry back with his staff, which is a snake. And also his wand. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And the film does get the detail right that Ginny is carrying a cauldron, even if Harry doesn't get to put all his books in there. And that's so Lucius can give her the diary. Yeah. Yeah. Lucius's plan really depended on a lot of like happenstance. (laughs) I hope someone starts writing in this thing. Yeah. uh, (laughs) That's a better plan than Wormtail's plan, which was nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Never go back. Be a rat for the rest of your life. (laughs) Mm hmm. So platform nine and three quarters, they have to steal a car because the platform won't let them in. I got to say, even if Harry and Ron had made it through, they would never have been able to catch that train because it is exactly 11 o'clock mere seconds after they crashed into the wall. (laughs) The train's already leaving. I don't even know how how Ginny caught the train. It's worth noting in this scene that any reasonable person is like, why did they steal the car? Like, they could have just waited yeah, there. Um, <laughs> like, it's a really dumb thing to do. It's not like they were just going right. to be there for the rest of their lives. But they're children, they're panicking, and Ron says, if we can't get through, what if mom and dad can't get back? Now, I still think that's not a good enough reason to go steal a car right. and just go to school. Well, like, <laughs> has has this kid never been left alone in his life? Apparently Which, not. I guess maybe not, because yeah. he has like six siblings. Yeah. So maybe he's never been alone. And He's like, mom and dad will never return. No, you actually have to look at what kind of person Ron is. I think that he is alone a lot because none of his other siblings really like him. 
Ginny doesn't like him. She rarely hangs out with him. The twins, just the like twins are the closest him. in age to him. And yeah, they just bully him. He barely knows Percy or Charlie or Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. His only friend is his rat. His rat who is a criminal, which is why his first thought is steal the car because his mentor is a rat. So are who, you implying he actually talks to this rat yes, and the no. rat talks back? I believe, as will become apparent yeah. more he does when talk we talk about the third movie, that Ron knows that Scabbers is a criminal. He might not know the full extent. I believe Scabbers is the one who teaches him the Imperious yeah. Curse, which I think he uses in the third movie. I can actually buy that. But I think that having a mentor rat who is a criminal is probably why he thinks steal car. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, just to paint a picture of how absurd this is, I want to walk through Ron's thought process. Because first, Harry says, maybe we should just go wait by the car, which is a completely reasonable <laughs> course of action if you can't find your parents. And it's interesting because Harry has no parents. Like, he shouldn't know how to do stuff like <laughs> I this. I mean, he probably lost the Dursleys a lot and oh, had to purpose. learn yeah, how to... Yeah, they care about him. Like, <laughs> well, I was thinking well, more like they, they lost they him and he had to like, okay, I'll go wait by the car so they don't leave without me. <laughs> Either way, Ron apparently is like, wait a minute, I've got a better idea. How about we steal the car, stranding my parents here, yeah. and driving across the oh, country well, for no reason at all without licenses and without knowing how to drive. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then Harry's just like, well, okay, Ron, if you think that's a good idea. <laughs> that is Harry's attitude when talking to anyone is just, well, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do whatever you, if say. you say. so. Yeah, and that's canonically well, true for the first four books as well. <laughs> Shouldn't this whole escapade, this whole fiasco, get them arrested for misuse of muggle artifacts? It which absolutely is his dad's should. department. Yeah. Like, right, but his dad, his can dad let him hunts off. down wizards who <laughs> well, misuse no, muggle artifacts. As Molly says in The Howler, the dad is facing an inquisition in the yeah, ministry and it's entirely their fault. And yeah. the dad gets him a slap on the wrist. It's true. But also, like, I'm pretty sure him even having that car is misuse of magical artifacts. Like, I think, right. he, I think, you're right. I think well, he got it from, like, some investigation yeah. and just kept it, but right. he wasn't supposed to keep the, it. <laughs> the implication is that Ron's dad is the one who ends up taking the blame for this, probably with good reason. And uh, <laughs> that's why they just get a slap on the wrist. But also, we can talk about their slap on the wrist. When Snape talks to Harry and Ron after they steal the car, he doesn't seem angry. Alan Rickman plays this with like such concern in his voice and on his face, like a concerned father who's just trying to discipline his child. I thought he seemed yeah. a little angry. <laughs> oh, right. But like your no, child he steals the car. Harry, yeah. just like a dad. Yeah. Listen to how he says. He says, you were seen by no, no less than, than seven, seven muggles. Do you have any idea how serious this is? You know, it's yeah. just like a dad would talk to their kid they play him as if like oh he's this cruel villain that harry hates when it's like he's being perfectly reasonable in this scene like what <laughs> yeah. they did is crazy <laughs> and then mcgonagall comes in gives him just a slap on the wrist he's just like yeah. detention <laughs> that's all you get for joy riding and stealing a car detention <laughs> is also the punishment Potter. for going to visit the to groundskeeper suffer. at night those two things are equivalent <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> So they are in Sprout's herbology class and they are learning oh, to yeah. pull the mandrakes out. Now she says the mandrakes are just seedlings. Those are her words. Then she proceeds to pull out the most massive root I have ever seen. <laughs> and it's screaming and alive. It's a baby. 
how big do these mandrakes get? I think they get fully as human size. Yeah. yeah. So that's they, my theory. They become humans. They grow to full They're human people. size. They are fully sentient mm-hmm. and sapient. And they get, and chopped, they up. get chopped up yeah. and stewed. <laughs> Listen, we, right. we know that wizards don't really care a lot about other types of creatures and beings exactly. aside from wizards and don't have a lot of like laws to protect their rights. So I think you're right. Draco Malfoy. Why would he put his finger in the angry mandrake's mouth? Yeah, I don't know why he did that. He, but man, he is pissed at that. <laughs> you gotta love. He's like, perfect. oh, <laughs> <laughs> face. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's, he's so mad. Yeah, I mean, I think that just goes to show Draco's just like a young child, right? Like he's just like, oh, what's this, and then gets right. bitten. Is like, like yeah. he does that later mouth. when he's like picks up a random present. And he's like, is, is this, is this cool? yours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I love Draco. <laughs> oh, Draco. Uh, so the mudblood scene is next. The directing in the mudblood scene is so weird, and it's not what I would have done after reading the book. Like everything is just no. slow paced and strange. Hermione delivers her line, and then Malfoy kind of just slowly walks up to her and delivers his line. No one asked for your opinion, you filthy little mudblood. And then there's two silent shots of Draco and Hermione just glaring at each other and then ron slowly pulls out his wand and says you'll pay for that one malfoy in the book it was like an instant reaction it was like no one asked your opinion you filthy little mudblood and then everyone was just like whoa like oh man man and and then and ron pulls out his wand right away it's like you'll pay for that one you know like this one like (laughs) We don't even see how anyone else react. How does Wood react? You know, the, all the Quidditch players are there. Like, yeah, like he just used essentially a racial slur that's pretty negative yeah, in the wor- and, wizard world. And like people don't even like respond right away. First, we get the shot of him and Hermione just kind of glaring at each other. And then Ron's like, well, I guess I better say something. Yeah, and I'll also say it makes more sense <laughs> in it, where, with him doing it, it's just like a knee-jerk reaction, like, ah, and not thinking about it. Whereas like when he very slowly pulls yeah, out his wand and yeah, it's like, you'll pay for that. You can see his wand is broken. Like it gives you plenty of time to be like, maybe you should cast that spell <laughs> and then he does and it backfires why does hermione know what mudblood means plot convenience I mean, in the book yeah. it was ron they thought maybe it'd be more emotional if she's like if she's the one who says if it. she was actually hurt because yeah. in the book she wasn't hurt at all she's just like what yeah and i think <laughs> also it makes it harder for ron to explain after he cursed himself because he's puking a lot <laughs> right. so i think well, they were just well, like <laughs> Hermione also, that's the best explanation i've ever heard for this you're right Rita. that's true um <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, all all Ron can say is it's disgusting, which it's could disgusting. be referring to his own you <laughs> know malady afflicted with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Hagrid, I just want to point out, okay, yeah. small point so for bad Hagrid. That's where we're going next. Is they run away from there. Hermione and Harry just shuffle Ron off, take him to Hagrid's hut. Hagrid will know what to do. Not sure why. Probably should have taken him to Madame Pomfrey. He's got a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good old bucket Hagrid. That's what we call him. So yeah, they. Do Take him to Hagrid. And he says this calls for specialized equipment and hands are on a bucket. The man who was shopping in Nocturne Alley for flesh-eating slug repellent, his specialized equipment is a, is a bucket. Is a bucket. <laughs> yeah. and, and he tells Ron, nothing to do for it, but just like wait it out. So honestly, they shouldn't have gone to Hagrid, obviously. Uh, but then the next thing, they, Hermione explains what mudblood means and stuff. And then Hagrid's going to comfort her. 
And he tells her after she's upset by it, he says, right. you know, don't his you think method, on it for a minute? <laughs> his method of comforting her is forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> don't really, think about it for really one minute. Useful. Uh, and then he does also, he gives her a compliment, right? He says, they haven't invented a spell on Hermione can't do. And then don't you think on it, don't you think on it for a minute. <laughs> says the expelled student who <laughs> should not be casting spells. But he, he's actually very powerful to cast many spells. But yeah, and I just think that like, it's a, like you said, it's a very token comfort gesture. Like, just like, you're great. And then moving on. On, right. And that like, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, well, this is evidence that he he likes her, even though she is a mudblood and, and Death Eaters. Don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> Death Eaters. So you're saying he, he's saying you're great in spite of the fact. No, that I was just saying it's a token gesture. He doesn't even feel that way. Like, now, he doesn't for, care at all. For a mudblood, it's crazy you can you cast all these great. spells. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. You're you almost feel, as powerful you as me. Feel good for yourself, <laughs> mudblood. <laughs> <laughs> just so, don't yeah. let the fact that you're a mudblood hold you back Hermione <laughs> just like, accept it yeah if you get strong enough Voldemort might even let you live <laughs> <laughs> we kind of glossed over it before Gilderoy Lockhart is so good he is a great actor oh, he's an amazing and a great actor. character right. he is perfect and when I read the books this is exactly how I pictured him <laughs> they could not have picked a better Gilderoy Lockhart he is Order of Merlin, third class, honorary member of the Dark Force Defense League, and five times winner of Witch Weekly's Most Charming Smile Award. <laughs> this movie tries to paint him as some kind of like a coward or a loser for only bringing pixies into the classroom to you know teach these kids how to handle well, dangerous Seamus animals. Seamus seems to think they're pretty lame. He's like, Cornish pixies. What was he supposed to do? It's a classroom. Was he supposed to expose these kids to dementors or poltergeists like some other crazy teacher might do? Yeah, I think more than calling him a coward for bringing pixies, the problem is that he unleashes them on the students, does nothing to stop them, and then runs away because right. <laughs> he's yeah, the he running away nip teacher. the rest of them back into their cage. <laughs> Hermione's immobilis spell is freaking powerful. Yeah, That's yeah. because she's so powerful that she impressed even Hagrid. Right. Pretty good for a mudblood. <laughs> for a mudblood, she can really do some magic. Yeah, no, she's a very powerful witch. <laughs> Is it okay to say mudblood? So no. <laughs> yes, it's okay. <laughs> no, but I have to ask: Why did Dumbledore hire Gilderoy Lockhart? I have no idea. Like, why did he idea? sacrifice well, no. the children's yeah, education and safety that. for the fame of the school? Basically, he just wants a celebrity teacher. Well, I think that's just another like point for evil Dumbledore theory. Like he is always the one who hires the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, who ends up and going they're always bad. bad. Yeah, and honestly, like there's a rumor around the school that there's a curse on the Dark Arts position, and they're. Almost no, certainly Dumbledore is. is the curse on that position. <laughs> well, maybe, but like people have said that uh, that Tom Riddle cursed it after he was not given the position. I think that's probably true, and he does nothing to try to break that curse. And maybe Dumbledore was dumb and was taken in by his lies and was just like, yeah, <laughs> this guy, this guy like, he hunted all the vampires and did all these great things. Yeah, of course he'd be a great <laughs> defense against the Dark Arts <laughs> teacher. Points for Gilderoy Lockhart. It kind of seems like he does not know that he is a fraud. If he knew that he was a scam artist, why would he try pesky pixie pesternomy? Right. Why would he try rakium amendo on the arm? Like, he seems to think he actually is as good as he says. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. I think the implication is supposed to be that he's just such a show-off, right? That he wants the attention so bad that he's like, I know the spell, I can but, do it. And then he tries and he's like, oh, crap, I but, forgot right. I'm a terrible no, exactly. wizard. 
he comes off as sort of a pompous and clumsy, stupid wizard who thinks he's cool, but he tries. But isn't. He does not come <laughs> off as an ingenious con artist no. who goes around no. stealing people's memories and stories. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a theory about why Lockhart decided to purposefully disappear the bones in Harry's arm. <laughs> okay. He did it on purpose because he knows that Harry's family invented the Skelligrow potion. Ah. So he wants Harry's family to get a little bit of uh, fame. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, what reason. if the, the great, great, great grandson of the inventor of Skelligrow regrew his own arm with Skelligrow? I'm not going to tell anyone about this or like. <laughs> he's like, I'll get Harry in the papers here. No, he no, doesn't like, get Harry in the papers. No, but you got to understand, he's a novelist. What novelist calls up Rita Skeeter and is like, hey, do a story on this thing that I'm going to write a novel about later. So he's going to include it in his <laughs> novel he's about setting his it up. year working at Hogwarts. Right. <laughs> he's like, the the time yeah. when the great-great-grandson of the inventor of Skelligro got his skeleton regrow. But then how is he going to yeah. incorporate, like, how did Harry lose his bones in that story unless he's going to say, because Dude, I was just, incompetent. They got ground up by that bludger so right, much, they like, were just gone. It was a quidditch. <laughs> that bludger just Quidditch accidents happen and they're okay, weird. That's true. Quidditch accidents <laughs> do happen. Which is what most people seem to think weird. during Quidditch, like when the bludger was cursed in the first year. Only Snape cared. Everyone else is like, huh, yep. that's kind of weird. Ah, but it's Quidditch. It's a rogue bludger. <laughs> the next scene that I'd like to talk about is detention with Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart is giving him legitimately good advice here and being a good teacher. He's saying, don't screw up like this and steal cars. <laughs> you got out of it because you're famous, but fame will go away. Like, that's what he's telling Harry, right? And then Harry gets all psychotic. And he's like, did you hear that? It's going to kill. And he's like, oh, maybe like, you should go. You should go I don't think he said it's going to kill to Lockhart. I think he just nah, said not that yet, to but... <laughs> <laughs> right, So nah. You want to talk about the scene where they discover the right. cat? Mrs. Norris is hung up. She is petrified, apparently. Filch is threatening Harry Potter, like threatening to kill him. And <laughs> I love Filch. Um, but mm -hmm. Filch is great. He's the perfect casting. And also Mrs. Norris is perfect casting. It's a I good love cast. Mrs. Norris. She's beautiful. <laughs> so when this is happening and someone is threatening to kill Harry Potter, Snape defends him, saying perhaps Potter and his friends were simply in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yep. Then he does go on to note a few inconsistencies as any caring father would but yeah, we'll I mean, gloss over those well, like, I don't even think you need to gloss <laughs> over them seems like he's trying no, to think them no I think this works here. because like legitimately he is trying to defend Harry Potter he doesn't believe Harry killed this cat because why would Harry have killed this cat right True. there's there's no reason and I think Snape doesn't think he's like a psychopath um, and so he's just like listen maybe they were in the wrong place at the wrong time where actually were you Harry right like you weren't at the at dinner so where were you yeah. like give us your alibi do you have any idea what time it is young man <laughs> <laughs> where have you been exactly <laughs> so McGonagall tells them the story that light wizards wouldn't tell you the story of Darth Slytherin the wise <laughs> yes um, how he he built a hidden chamber under the castle and sealed it until that time when his own true heir returned to the school so my question here is what and <laughs> why <laughs> like, what? I think the reason why is as she said first of all I love when she introduces them all and she's like Godric Gryffindor Rowena Ravenclaw Helga Hufflepuff and Salazar Slytherin, Slytherin. <laughs> Slytherin. <laughs> so clearly like Slytherin uh, but anyway 
Uh, I mean, it's kind of like if you were naming the founding fathers and it was like George Washington, Ben Franklin, Thomas Franklin? Jefferson, and Hitler. And Adolf Hitler. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, but then maybe they should have changed the name of that house. <laughs> I got sorted into Hitler house. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so she says that uh, that he, they differed over the tree, uh, who should be admitted to the school. He thought only so-called pureblood wizards should be admitted. And uh, the other three founders disagreed. So he sealed up this basilisk to apparently murder all the half-bloods and mudbloods. Yes, that is yep, exactly why. Until his, In the school. Until his heir came. So presumably he was just like, look, they're not ready for this yet. But a day will come when they're like, yeah, it's time to just be well, pureblood. And think... that's when my great-great-grandson's going to come and unleash the basilisk to purge the school. Well, I also think for Salazar, it was, you know, I don't know how evil he was. He was clearly pretty evil. But <laughs> it's probably easy for him dude. to be like, eh, I don't know if I want to get arrested for murder. <laughs> But maybe one of my ancestors would. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying it's an he important wants children job to, to be murdered. Oh, yes. He just doesn't want to murder exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that it's a blood relationship that allows you to enter the Chamber of Secrets. But apparently not. No, it is it not. It technically seems to just mean that anyone who can speak Parseltongue is the true heir yes. of Slytherin. Yeah. That is correct. I mean, it may, they, so. they specifically say it's a very rare gift, even in the wizarding world. So I think the assumption... I think security is just very bad right, in the Right, but like, world. this was in the 900, <laughs> no 900 AD. Like, in 900 AD, if you had, had a family... Listen, AD. if you had a family-specific trait that it's like, outside of our family, people can't do this. With inside our family, people can. Then it makes sense to use that family trait well, to get into a Room. And also, that's true. But even beyond that, Salazar Slytherin's goal is only, I want someone who can control a basilisk, who is someone who speaks Parseltongue. So that's the only requirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's all wrong. Maybe the legend got twisted. Really, he caught the basilisk that was terrorizing ah. kids and he put it somewhere where it's safe. I think He's like, holy crap, only someone who speaks Parseltongue can control this freaking thing. So I got to put it behind a door that only opens if I you can speak Parseltongue. I was going to say, why didn't he kill it? But we know that he loves snakes. Well, because he he's not going to go well, to Godric Gryffindor it's a legendary magical and be creature. like, dude, can I use your sword? I'm really loyal to you. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 I'll save my pride. I'll just imprison it in this well, weird bath. No one uses bathrooms. They just separate away their poop. This useless room here would be good for a basilisk. <laughs> exactly. No one's going to come in here. <laughs> Do they ever explain controlling the basilisk? Because I know Tom says, like, even though you speak parcel tongue, you can't control yeah. it now. Well, see, my theory, and I don't know if they ever explicitly state this, is whoever talks to the basilisk first gets to control that it. That was kind of my guess as well. Yeah, I if Harry had so gotten too. to it first, he would have been the one controlling it. And, and it would have been like, love and be friendly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <"Love>, hug. <laughs> <laughs> that could also be dangerous. When Colin Creevy is petrified, McGonagall suggests that he might have taken a picture of his attacker. Now, this is points for the evil Dumbledore theory. Dumbledore takes the camera, winds it a tiny bit, but then just and then opens it, destroys it all and the, the film, film is destroyed. He clearly did not wind it enough to not destroy the yeah. film. Now, he implies that, oh, it's, 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 you know, the basilisk destroyed it. Yeah, basilisk did it. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is exactly what any muggle would expect to happen when you you open up a camera. <laughs> well, apparently wizards do use that I'm, kind of camera. <laughs> wizards use cameras. Yeah. Cameras are not unknown to wizards. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's trying to hide the identity of the Slytherin heir who he believes is Hagrid. 
This is my theory for this whole episode. I should have said this at the beginning. I believe that Hagrid is actually the heir of Slytherin. He was then and he is now. And I think (laughs) that Dumbledore knows this. Dumbledore is cool with it. And Dumbledore keeps Hagrid around. Not because Dumbledore is necessarily like, I don't believe he's in league with with, uh, Voldemort. But he is a dark wizard himself. And he likes having other dark wizards around like Hagrid. Well, and Hagrid's loyal to him. That's the theme of this movie, is that if you are loyal to Dumbledore, he will take care of you. Although he will also offer (laughs) you like a lamb to the slaughter. (laughs) You'll do that too. So Dobby, really, he just wanted to murder Harry, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, no, <laughs> like, he... that bludger is out for blood. It's it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna kill Harry. Right, it's no, not no, gonna no, stop. I, I it's just, going to I don't know how just you grind get... his bones into dust after he's dead. It's gonna keep <laughs> pounding him into the ground. Like, I don't know how you get to the end of this movie seeing all the evidence and you're like, oh yeah, Dobby was a good guy. <laughs> like, look at the evidence. The slave of Lucius Malfoy, who wants to kill Harry, is trying to kill is Harry. Is trying to kill Harry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Over and over that's again. That's I got out of yeah. it. He's been asked by Lucius to kill Harry. And that's why whenever Harry asks him anything, he gets all cagey and can't say and starts beating himself. At the very end, when Lucius loses his assassin, what does he do? He tries to <laughs> cast a Vatican He's like, well, I guess I got to do it myself. (laughs) In the script I read, he didn't specifically try to cast Avada Kedavra. I think it's an excellent choice of that actor. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to murder this child in Hogwarts outside Dumbledore's door. Right? Like, Dumbledore is 10 feet away. (laughs) You know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So speaking of Dobby, he visits Harry in the hospital wing while he is skele-growing his arm back. This basilisk doesn't really manage to kill anyone no. in this entire movie. They're all saved really by bad random things. Like apparently, <laughs> seeing the reflection of it is enough to save your life. Also, a window is enough to save your life. Like if you see the basilisk gaze through a window, it won't kill you. Because Colin Creevy saw it through the viewfinder of his camera, which is a thin square of glass that was enough to save him. So my question is, does this mean that Harry Potter is the only person in the school who's actually and Dumbledore are actually just wearing anti-basilisk devices on their faces <laughs> in the form of eyeglasses? Ah, that's because, why um, wiz- witches and wizards haven't gotten an eye healing spell yet. They're like, there's used to glasses. <laughs> the basilisks yeah, are coming. We gotta put our glasses on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like seriously, all Dumbledore needed to do is just say, okay, every student wear glasses now. <laughs> like that would have protected them. Supposedly everyone. they didn't know it was a basilisk yet, right? Like they didn't know what was going on. People are just randomly getting petrified. Right, they true. didn't even know that Luckily, people we're in Malfoy danger of dying from in. it. Uh, right. But I will say, like, it's unbelievable that they didn't close this school down sooner. Right? Like, someone literally yeah. wrote on the walls, like, I'm going to kill a bunch of students. And then people started getting petrified. And they were just like, nah, I guess we'll wait and see what right. happens. No, they are very lucky <laughs> no students got killed. <laughs> and also very lucky that last time only one student got killed. Yeah. <laughs> The dueling scene. So this is a cool scene. And of course, Snape just mops the floor with Gilderoy Lockhart, even though it was pretty easy to see what he was going to do. Because they were disarming only. It was pretty easy to know what he was going to (laughs) do. Yeah, that's true. There's only one disarm spell that we know of. (laughs) In the dueling scene, it is Snape who suggests, first, we should teach the students how to block unfriendly spells. Yes. Which I I have to say. He's totally trying to protect Harry. Yeah, he's totally. And also... 
this would be a very useful skill to learn that they, they never teach ever they teach never to teach them. them. Yeah. Never. Like the adults mm. do know how to block spells and yeah. the kids don't. Yep, Snape doesn't. Yeah. Why don't <laughs> they learn that McGonagall in Defense Against the Dark Arts? That's all it is. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't teach but the yeah, kids no, that. I love that scene because, yeah, he says, perhaps it would be prudent to first teach the students to block unfriendly spells, Professor. And Gilderoy Lockhart's like, ah, yes, yes, quite right. Let's have a volunteer. <laughs> Let's have them fight and each teach other. them nothing. nothing. Yeah, they didn't. Uh-huh. They just have them do the exact same thing that Lockhart like, and Snape just did. And in Snape's defense, he didn't want to step on Gilderoy's toes here. Gilderoy is a teacher, and this is Gilderoy setting this up. Yeah. He was expecting Gilderoy to teach him how to block spells, but yeah, Gilderoy he doesn't. Didn't. But he does intervene to protect yes. Harry when Harry's going to have to fight Ron. He's like, no, that's not safe. Let's let's have him yeah, off. No, that's exactly there. what I was about to say, is that Snape saw him choose Ron and Harry and was like, Ron is going to murder Harry. Like, literally. First of all, he's a Ron crazy person. Because Ron is evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yes. then second of all, his wand, like, cannot be controlled. like, And so it's not safe. And so he's like, instead, I'm going to put Draco in, which you might see that as like, oh, because it's his rival. But like, as Eric mentioned, he doesn't really seem to think that high of Draco, actually. Oh. <laughs> and so he was just like, I'll just put this weak kid. He thinks Draco's a loser. <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, well, <laughs> who's the worst student I have? We'll get, to the, we'll get to the sixth movie, but he thinks very lowly of Draco. He does not think Draco can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was just like, I'll just pick someone who will not hurt my son. <laughs> Harry and Malfoy start dueling. Dude, and what stance do they choose? They choose Snape's stance, yes. of course. Because that's the dueling <laughs> Even stick. Harry. They don't choose Gilderoy Lockhart's stance. <laughs> Perfect adaptation from the book when Draco says, Scared Potter, you wish. <laughs> and I have to say, Dude. I remember when the trailer came out for this movie and they had that scene and I was like, this movie is going to be so epic. And it didn't and let then you know. it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> They start dueling, and then Malfoy casts the Malf- first small Draco spell. uses Everte Statum. I don't know which what that is does. probably a knockdown spell. I don't know. It just yeah. And which Harry, is why Harry responds by using Rictusempra, which is the tickling mm-hmm. spell. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, it blasts Malfoy as it's well. It's an angry it tickle. It blasts Malfoy off his, his feet and knocks the wind out of him. Yeah, Maybe he's laughing so much <laughs> the wind blasted him off his feet, and now he cannot breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know why I did that. As Malfoy struggles to his feet, Snape grabs him and jerks him around and like glares at him he's mad at Malfoy for cheap shotting yeah. his son like that he's like you're supposed to do disarming spells <laughs> you jerk you? and so then Malfoy uses Serpent Sortia when Draco does cast Serpent Sortia Snape interrupts the duel to come in and help Harry saying he'll get rid of the snake right. yes and then Gilderoy says, oh, he can do it. And he just like flips it in the air. And so he makes it really mad. So the snake <laughs> is going to attack Justin. And Harry interrupts to try to get the snake not to attack Justin using parcel tongue. And everyone's very confused, including Snape. And then finally, Snape does exactly what he said he would do. And he gets rid of the snake. <laughs> Snape is such a badass, cool master of magic. Like, of course, only, you know, Snape would know such an amazingly niche spell as Viperia Evanesca. <laughs> Disappear the snake. The snake. <laughs> yep. And unfortunately, uh, Gilderoy only knows the Snape levitating spell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a good spell. Snape gets rid of the snake just as promised. And then the right. scene ends with Justin and, being like, what are you playing at? Which maybe makes more sense to British people. That always seemed like right. a weird response to me. Well, the third and fourth victims were Nearly Headless Nick and Justin Finch Fletchley. This is just a horrible day for Harry, because first of all, Justin is the one who everyone thinks that he was sending a snake after in the dueling tournament. 
Second of all, he gets sent to Dumbledore's office, where the Sorting Hat immediately tells him that he should definitely be a Slytherin. Yeah. <laughs> and third of all, he walks over to Dumbledore's pet bird, explodes. which explodes. <laughs> and then Dumbledore walks in. There's nothing like, I can do. The worst day <laughs> it's a good scene. And I wish Dumbledore had... If, if it was Gambon playing Dumbledore in this movie, he would have walked in and been like... Did you what? put your name in Why did you do You killed my bird! Why did you... <laughs> Oh, did you forget what phoenixes uh, are <laughs> i'm just a crazy old man now i'm played by a different actor <laughs> and i'm gonna yell at everyone all the time <laughs> now they're they're brewing polyjuice potion right Yes, yeah, so they decide that they need to talk to Malfoy, right? Because they think that Malfoy probably knows who is right. the heir of Slytherin if Malfoy is not the heir himself. Right. So they and decide to brew polyjuice potion to sneak in to talk to him. <laughs> so Hermione, for whatever reason, believes that this very weird bundle of short hairs that is clearly not <laughs> the hair of a human. <laughs> and she got off hair. of Millicent Bulstrode's robes, who presumably Millicent has long hair. Yeah. <laughs> this is not her hair, Hermione. Yeah. It's like a giant bundle of hair that was on her robe. I don't know why she thought that was Millicent's hair. So they can think of no other way of getting a strand of someone's hair, despite Hermione already having told them a way, than to drug students, knock them out, throw them in a broom closet. Like, this seems a bit extreme. Well, not just drug them, like, drug them in the dumbest possible way. Like, who would eat a levitating in the middle of a hallway? We we have to describe this thing, because I love their reaction to floating cupcakes. They're like, wow, (laughs) we already have an unconscionable amount of food stored (laughs) in our arms for no reason (laughs) but i could really go for a random floating cupcake floating right now like this very instant i will eat it i must consume it the rest of the food we'll save this let's smile and moan at each other while we awkwardly (laughs) eat these (laughs) i love crab and goyle they're so great yep but hey harry and ron got their hair right Oh, and when they drink the potion, I always loved how Ron and Hermione both take one sip and get sick. And Harry is just standing like, pretty good. He goes back for seconds and thirds. It's like someone didn't tell his actor how bad it was. He's got a look on his face like, hey, maybe the drink actually was pretty good. And that was just like his genuine reaction, Daniel Radcliffe. Like he doesn't even notice that Ron and Hermione both (laughs) ran away. What did you expect? Pumpkin juice? So yeah, they turn into... Crab so, oil. yeah, and then they still sound like themselves, and Ron proceeds to repeat bloody hell in the exact same <laughs> yeah. voice he just <laughs> did. Same it's voice. like, you Didn't need to sound more it. like crap. Oh, yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go down to the dungeon. They get caught by Percy in the movie. They never explain why Percy was down there. No, Ron asks him, and no. he just says, I'm a prefect. Why are you here? Which, to <laughs> yep. be fair, if you're in the dungeons. That's where Slytherin's, like, common room is. Yeah. Like, it, it makes perfect sense for them to be there. Unless he's saying, why aren't you in bed yet? But, like, right. they're probably on their way. <laughs> yes, it does make a lot more sense for Crab and Goyle to be down there. <laughs> So around this point, I think Harry Potter finds a notebook in the girl's lavatory and Moaning Mortal is, of course, sad about it because they threw it on her head. Into her head. Harry finds this blank diary and decides that, hey, I'm just going to write in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he drips ink onto this paper and the and ink it disappears. It. it sucks it up. And he's like, oh, I yeah, can write to this diary. He just jumps to the conclusion <laughs> that he should introduce himself. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom says, let me take you back 50 right. years ago. 
this scene is so cool because this is, of course, the scene where they both refuse to tell Dumbledore something important. Yes. They both say, no, sir, nothing. When when Dumbledore is like, do you have something right. to tell me? Mm-hmm. Dumbledore clearly suspects Harry of being the heir of Slytherin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to admire J.K. Rowling and her writing simply due to the sheer amount of like similarities between young Harry yeah. Potter and young Voldemort. Yeah, right, right. I think she did she an excellent job did there. did an amazing job making these two characters so similar. <laughs> they both consider Hogwarts their home. Neither one of them wants to leave. Yeah, and they don't really have any family. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it is a very good thing that during this flashback, Tom Riddle teaches Harry Potter Eronia Exime. Because that is, wow, a, he loves that that is a very it's the most useful spell. What does that spell do? It gets just That's blast spider spiders. Spider spiders spell. Yeah. It banishes <laughs> That's spiders. That's kind of what I it thought. Makes them but go I was away. like, maybe it's less specific. Because <laughs> uh, nope, it's the spider. As far as I spell. can tell, this is where Harry learns it. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. This is his second year, and he did not use spells in the first year. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this memory does prove that Hagrid was an acquaintance of Voldemort while he was in school, and Voldemort had blackmail over him. And Haggard was expelled for keeping dangerous, violent monsters at school, right? This solidifies that they have a relationship. In the flashback, Haggard is like, Aragog wouldn't hurt nobody, which seems That's to be what he true. believes in the future, but it's absolutely <laughs> yeah. not true. If you wanted to argue that Haggard was evil or perhaps was, you know, friends with Tom Riddle or whatever, that this entire Tom Riddle caught Haggard story is shown through Tom's memories, it may not even be true, right? Like this could just be a, some message that he's showing to Harry for the sake of convincing him to go talk to Haggard, which maybe will put him in more danger or whatever it is. Perhaps this was a fabricated story to, to cover up some of what Hagrid and Tom were actually doing during their time together in Hogwarts. Yeah, they were working together. They were the heirs of Slytherin. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> in the next scene, when they're talking about something mad and hairy, Hagrid creeps up behind them saying, mad and hairy? You wouldn't be talking about me, <laughs> would you? about me. Maybe Hagrid is the heir of Slytherin. So he's the one carrying the dead chicken when he comes in to tell Dumbledore that Harry didn't do it. Of course, he's saying this because he knows that he did it. (laughs) Now, of course, the killing of chickens is supposedly blamed on Ginny so that she can write in blood. But really... It could have been Hagrid. We never see Ginny with a dead chicken. We see Hagrid with the dead chicken whose blood was used to... We see Ginny in, in a flashback, flashback that is told by Tom Riddle. By Tom Riddle yeah. As Brita just said, yes. those might not necessarily be all that reliable. They weren't only used for writing in blood. They were also used for feeding the basilisk. That's why the entire chamber is full of chicken bones, because it's been eating chickens. But, sorry, are you saying that Hagrid is feeding the basilisk maybe as well? Yes, I am. Maybe it's the he basilisk. is the guy who takes care of the animals at Hogwarts. I think that's pr- are you, a wow. pretty... So he just, he's like, well, I know there's an animal that lives in that there chamber right. of secrets, so and I'm he was working with Tom well. last time to take care of the basilisk. They were working together. And Tom sold out his accomplice... Are you saying that Ginny never entered the Chamber of Secrets? Uh, we have definitive proof that she did enter it Except at one for point. when he, Harry <laughs> yeah. found it. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that Ginny was the one doing it. I think that Hagrid was the one doing most of this. So in the very next scene, after Hagrid creeps up behind them as something big and hairy, Harry's room is trashed and the diary is gone. How did Ginny know that Harry had the diary? And why did she tear up his room? Who would have <laughs> known about the diary in Harry's room? Ginny had no way of knowing Hagrid was the one walking up right behind them while they were talking about the diary. Like in that scene where he sneaks up behind him, Harry is telling them about the diary and the flashback that he just saw. Also, 
apparently, after talking to that diary once, Harry never talked to it again. <laughs> no, never again. Moaning Myrtle also would have known that he had That's diary, true. But so Moaning Myrtle does Ginny. not like Ginny. She just threw a book at her. She doesn't know who threw the book at <laughs> yeah. her. One other evil person knew that Harry had the diary. Ron Weasley. Oh. I do think that's the actual evidence for how Ginny was supposed to have figured it out, though, is that Hermione, or Ron and Hermione had like mentioned it to her. At the end of the scene where he creeps up behind them with flesh-eating slug repellent, he lowers his voice and says, You three had better look after yourselves, all right? Sounds kind of like a threat to me. Uh. <laughs> and right after he tells Hermione she'd better watch out, Hermione is petrified. That's the very next person who is a victim of the basilisk is Hermione. Someone who he just overheard talking about the diary and the air of Slytherin. And he's, uh, you know, he's getting rid of evidence. So Hermione is petrified, and the next shot we get is Harry lovingly caressing her and just staying by her side as he loves to do. He's just like petting her hand. And, yeah. But he does this twice where he's just sitting by her side, like <laughs> touching her hand. Twice. So they go to Hagrid's hut. He answers the door with a crossbow. They Aimed say, what's <laughs> that for? He <laughs> says, oh, nothing. I was just expecting. So Hagrid was fully intending to murder the ministry <laughs> yep. officials who come there to <laughs> arrest him. And the only reason he them. didn't is because Ron and Harry were there and he was too busy, like, hiding them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The only reason he doesn't murder them is because he set down his crossbow uh -huh. and he's going to kill Cornelius <laughs> Fudge. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> So they ask him, like, did you hear about what happened to Hermione? And he He's says, like, oh, yeah, I heard about that. All right. He did it. <laughs> but like also even in, in a world where you don't think he did it, like that is such a callous response to these three children that are supposedly friends with him that he's like has a pretty deep relationship with. He knows they have a deep relationship with each other. Two of them say our third friend is, you know, petrified, maybe going to die. Dead. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, heard about that. Like, I know he's supposed to be worried about his own fate, but come on. Yeah. Ron and Harry pointedly ask him if he knows who opened the Chamber of Secrets. Now, if we are to believe this story as the way it is told to us, the correct answer to that question is no. But instead, he says, now... You see, what you have to understand about that is, <laughs> and then Cornelius Fudge shows up. I, I so, assume what he was going to say. What he was going to say is, what you have to understand about that is, I didn't open it. I just raised a spider. He could have just said <laughs> right? no. Yeah, I think he was going to say, like, what you have to understand about that is, they. People I think, think what he's saying, what you have to understand they about that is, I did it was it. me and Tom working together. Why would he tell them that? <laughs> no, why would he tell them? <laughs> no, no, I mean, he's not going to say that, but like, like he has to think of something, something on the fly because he knows in his mind that the. the correct answer is me and Tom are working together to kill some students because we're both evil. And he's like, well, well, uh, uh, what you have to understand about that is, uh, you see, it wasn't me. It wasn't Tom. It wasn't anyone. There so is no error. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just a lie. So are you saying that Hagrid is a parcel tongue? I don't know if Hagrid is a parcel tongue. He may not be. But I do know that of the non-parcel tongues at this school who know how to train and communicate with animals, Hagrid is the most qualified to do that. So just to clarify, in your theory, during the same year that he and Tom Riddle decided to open the Chamber of Secrets, maybe working together, he also just randomly side quest Raised adopted a spider, a spider that yeah, was terrified of basilisks. That's exactly what Hagrid would do. Yeah. And, to be if, fair, that's what he does I didn't say this was a year. In the same year that he was conspiring with Quirrell to do whatever, he randomly just like was like, hey, Quirrell, could you get me a dragon egg? I really <laughs> like one. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. He wasn't just conspiring 
conspiring with Quirrell, but he was conspiring with Tom Riddle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I'll deliver Harry to you in the Black Forest, but you know, I really like a dragon. But you know what we really do best together? We raise dangerous animals. <laughs> Don't you together. remember fifty <laughs> years ago? <laughs> we raised that spider together, and Good you sold days. me out. <laughs> well, they may fun. have agreed to that, and especially if we're if we're assuming that uh, Dumbledore is also kind of in league with him because he did protect mm-hmm. Hagrid after all this. They may have just been like, hey, this is probably the simplest solution. <laughs> like Tom really doesn't want Hogwarts to get closed down because he doesn't want to go back to the orphanage. Yeah. So he's like, let's just end everything. Yeah, so why this did he way. do that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> When they are going to take him away and take Dumbledore away, he threatens them. He's like, you take Professor Dumbledore away and the Muggleborns won't stand a chance. You mark my words, there'll be killings next. Question. Are there any more petrifications after they take Hagrid away? No. No? The next thing that happens is that the monster takes a, a student directly into its lair. Which, right. Why would it do so that? So then Tom Riddle in the book finally before. has power enough that he can take over Ginny, etc. He doesn't have to rely on his accomplice Hagrid anymore. And he takes Ginny down into the basement or dungeon, whatever. And uh, anyway, all I'm saying is that up until this point, I believe Hagrid actually was the heir of Slytherin. He was in uh, 50 years ago as well. And when they take him away... The students stop uh, getting petrified. And regardless of whether he's the heir of Slytherin or not, it's still a really bad move to send those kids to those <laughs> evil, evil spiders. Right. Yeah, I know. She's Hagrid. But he's immediately making good on his promise of there will be killings next. He knows he won't be there to kill anyone, but he can send two kids yeah, to their like, death. Send these kids over <laughs> to die. When Hagrid leaves, he says someone will have to feed Fang. Now, I believe these spiders will not attack Fang either. And what he meant was Fang will eat your bodies ah. <laughs> along with... With They're the going to have a nice fang and spider feast. <laughs> he wasn't implying they need to go feed fang. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, so he sends them. They deal with Aragog. Aragog confirms Hagrid's alibi. So the only people we've had confirm the alibi are Tom Riddle, who we definitely don't trust, right? right? And Aragog, who is a spider that we know is unflinchingly loyal to Hagrid. Like, this spider will do anything Hagrid asks except not kill people. (laughs) So basically, Hagrid has filled the Forbidden Forest to the brim with an army of murderous Mm -hmm. giant spiders who only obey him. They will not hurt him, but they will kill anyone <laughs> <Yes>. else. <laughs> and Hagrid did this on the little army of the night. Yeah. Can the, uh. the spiders reproduce asexually? Like, how are there so many spiders from just the one spider? <laughs> so well, Aragog is female. I guess Aragog was pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> okay. When it, but he got him from an egg, didn't he? Yeah, he was I born he got him pregnant. From an egg. It's an immaculate. <laughs> Hagrid conception. got him pregnant. No! <laughs> Ew, no, that's where he got those flesh-eating slugs. No. (laughs) It is an STD. (laughs) Oh, no. Please don't put that in the episode. (laughs) That is a good payoff. (laughs) Nice callback. Okay, so back to the romance. Harry brings Hermione yeah, fresh wow, flowers. Harry and Hermione. He does. <laughs> and then he caresses her hand. And then he hand. sits there and caresses and her hand. And tells her how much she needs her. Hermione, we need you now more than ever. And Ron just stares blankly. 
<laughs> like Ron has no expression. He's just standing there. <laughs> and this is, of course, when he finds Malfoy, who must have come in and caressed her hands earlier and put, yeah, put the so page in her he hand that he there. knew was going to be useful way back at so the beginning the of the year. The argument I've heard is not that he put it in petrified Hermione's hand, <laughs> he but did. that he left it out for her. She had been studying in the libraries and she found it. And that's why she wrote pipes and she knew to put the mirror because they should know her handwriting. She does homework for them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand Ron and Harry aren't very observant. <laughs> <laughs> They're also not uh, yeah, very good it's, it's possible he put people. it in her hand there. I think it's nice to think that she did figure it out. <laughs> Um, and also, if she didn't figure it out, then it would be very confusing to her at the end when they're like, we had loads of help from yeah. you. Huh. <laughs> you helped us. <laughs> no, but remember, Hermione always wants to be oh, the best, true. right? She's, She's like, like, I fought the troll all by myself. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Ginny goes down to the Chamber of Secrets. Gilderoy Lockhart is sent to take care of it. The teachers apparently do not care. <laughs> like, because <laughs> yeah. that is all they do is send Gilderoy Lockhart to take care of it. I mean, McGonagall has said the whole school's been searched multiple times and no evidence of this chamber has ever been found. So apparently the teachers have given up. Like, they don't believe it's possible to find this. Right. And so they're just like, Ginny's dead. Honestly, Gilderoy Lockhart is right. He should not be pressured by the well, other they teachers should all to go run and away. risk the his life here. Should be closed no, down. I agree. They, yes, everyone should leave. And I, but I do kind of think that's what the teachers were going to do. Like, I think they were just like frustrated at the situation and were just like, "Go do whatever you want, Lockhart, and we're going to have to close down the school." <laughs> yeah. So they took a time out to just <laughs> they mess were, like, with they were them. All to, get, to be fair, it was Snape who did it. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why do Harry and Ron bring Lockhart with them? What's Better the you than us. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, okay, that explains it. <laughs> right. Just a, a bit of evidence that it could have been Hagrid who was the heir of Slytherin. Moting Myrtle did not see who killed her back in the day. She heard it was a boy's voice, and she describes him speaking in a sort of made-up language. Now, I've heard parcel tongue. I would not describe that as a sort of made-up language. I would describe that as someone hissing. <laughs> it does not sound like a language. So you think Hagrid just came in there with his thick yes. accent? Was like, today I'm going to girl. Wait, so he was ordering the basilisk to do it in English, <laughs> and she was just like, "Huh? What kind of weird made-up language is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that this is great evidence. <laughs> and then Harry proves he could have been the heir of Slytherin when he actually does open the Chamber of Secrets. For all we know, you could be. The only confirmed opening of the Chamber of Secrets that we have in this year is when Harry opens Harry. it. <laughs> but it had to open before that because Ginny's in it. Well, I guess. But the basilisk doesn't need the chamber no, to be open. It travels through the pipes. But Ginny does. She doesn't, she, she's not Mario. She can't travel through pipes. Hogwarts has insanely big pipes. For apparently no reason They're if they huge. didn't have plumbing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's because they need to carry basilisks. <laughs> yeah, so Salazar was like, oh man, where place. am I going to put this? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make some really um, big pipes. So in the Chamber of Secrets, there is a nice convenient rock slide separating Ron and Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe Ron caused this rock slide. He's like, it's too dangerous Ron down here. Ron literally caused that rock slide. It was his wand. Yeah. <laughs> he did that in the first movie with the uh, when he knocked himself out for yeah. the final fight. <laughs> it's, his, it's his MO. <laughs> Harry Potter meets Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle's actor is amazing. Yeah, he's like, great. I just love it. His performance is very subdued. He takes the wand and he's like, you won't be needing yep. it in this kind of soft voice. But it's also like so creepy, mm -hmm. even though it's soft. 
it's just crazy because it's the exact opposite of the Voldemort actor <laughs> who is yeah. unbelievably flamboyant like in every way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, you know, meek, shy, lived in an orphanage, Tom. Later he gets more flamboyant. I also love that actor. I think... I think one of the best things they did there, too, is that I think Tom was described as being fairly handsome when he was young and then he turned into a weird snake man. Ooh. And I think he's they picked a very handsome actor. Like, yeah. he's really like he's great. He's I kind of awesome. wish he was just Voldemort through the whole series. Well, but. he was too young. <laughs> I love Harry killing Tom by destroying the book with the basilisk fang. That is so good. I love the ink yeah. spurting out oh, everywhere. Yeah. I love and uh, like, Tom Riddle's yeah, acting Yeah, Tom Riddle's here. acting is he's like, oh, you can't Utterly do anything. Amazing. And then he stabs the book and he's like, no, wait, not he's that. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you can and do something. As, and as it turns out, I mean, as always, Harry is extremely lucky that he happened to have basilisk venom because, like, nothing else would yep. destroy a horcrux. <laughs> nothing yeah, else could. Very done. difficult to destroy. The whole movie is about showing loyalty and faith to Dumbledore. Yeah. Harry needed to show the requisite amount of fealty to Dumbledore before Fox would yes. save him. Fox did not come in there, even though he could have, until. Harry said, Dumbledore will never be gone as long as those who remain are loyal to him. Albus Dumbledore is the greatest sorcerer in the world. <laughs> like, says yes. who? What has Dumbledore ever it done says, that you've seen, Harry? <laughs> it's only at that point that Fox comes in and saves him. Why would Fox bring him the sorting hat? And why was the sword of Godric Gryffindor inside of the sorting hat? How did Fox get into the chamber? Well, what it proves is Dumbledore always knew where the chamber was and how to get into it. And he wasn't stopping the killings mm -hmm. just because he didn't want to. He didn't care. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, if Fox can get down there, then Dumbledore knows how to get down there. Yeah. It's really lucky for Harry that this Deus Ex Phoenix showed up to save the day four times. It came in, it gave him the hat and sword, it clawed out the basilisk's eyes, and then when he died anyway despite all that, it cried on his arm to heal him. And then, when even after having saved him those three times, they couldn't it get out, it was like, away. okay, I will carry everyone out of this chamber <laughs> to safety. But also in that scene, Gilderoy Lockhart says, this is just like <laughs> magic, bringing just so many questions questions about what that obliviate charm actually did to his memory <laughs> right because magic would be turned so into ingrained <laughs> into everything that, that it, he grew up as a wizard yeah. right like, like if, he, he, if he knows no, how to speak he should know what magic is yeah, or if even if he knows what magic is he should know it's real right <laughs> <laughs> like... i'm moving out of the chamber dumbledore details why harry potter and ron deserved to be expelled for breaking so many school rules Ooh, i love this and then part. says that is why they're getting special special awards for service to the school also specifically the exact same name as the award that they gave to tom riddle wow. dumbledore knew especially at this point if they're going with harry's story dumbledore knows that tom riddle did no service to the school <laughs> that he was supposedly the one who unleashed the basilisk and they've kept that award up ever since even though right, no. tom turned into this Voldemort. is an award that dumbledore made up to encourage rule breakers yeah <laughs> he's teaching them that you can do anything you want as long as you're loyal yeah. to me. <laughs> He's saying, yeah, you can break all the rules. You can do things worth getting expelled. If you're loyal to me, you'll be awarded you for Myrtle. it, right? <laughs> well, Myrtle, Myrtle, Myrtle. At the end of the scene, after Lucius leaves, Dumbledore says, I sense that something is troubling you to Harry, and I really wish he had said, no, sir, nothing. <laughs> wow, that would have been great. He's like, are you going to open the Chamber of Secrets again? <laughs> I love the scene after this where Hermione comes back and Ron's head pops out. Then Harry's head pops out to block Ron's head. And he looks yes. so much more excited, too. <laughs> it's Hermione! 
And when she hugs Harry, she won't no. hug Ron. Like, she specifically <laughs> won't hug him. She, she shakes his hand. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie ends with a weird moment between Harry and Hagrid where there's no Hogwarts without you, Hagrid. <laughs> but it's like, why was oh, Hagrid the point of this movie, apparently? <laughs> like, why is this the end? Dude, it's Hagrid was also Hagrid. the end of the first movie, weirdly enough. Hagrid's <laughs> really important. <laughs> so... According to the after the credits scene, apparently brainwashed Lockhart is still very successfully writing novels. He's prominently displayed <laughs> at Flourish yep. and Blots. His latest book is titled Who Am I? by He's Gilbert a very Lockhart, skilled author. With a picture of him looking confused in a straitjacket. Whatever happens to him, he, he'll capitalize yeah. on it. <laughs> he, he's got good business sense, I guess. All right. Well, I think that's everything I have for this movie. So sum it up. I think there was solid evidence that Snape at least cares for Harry in this movie. Maybe not quite that he's his father we're yet, but there, we're getting there. there. I think there is incredibly solid evidence that Dumbledore is a dark wizard and is architecting his own yeah. army entirely made of loyal students. And it's totally. worth pointing out that in like historically in the real world, it's been shown that like that's the time to get people to be very, very loyal to you is when they're kids. I think as far as Ron being evil and imper imperiousing Hermione, Nothing yet. <laughs> um, not so much evidence here, just a little bit showing that he's maybe not the best guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we'll he doesn't that. have you a know, strong just, connection just with Hermione, which there. granted could change later. But yeah, Hagrid being a Death Eater, we've definitely shown that he has a sketchy character once again. He also has an army of evil spiders. That's um, true. <laughs> that will do mm -hmm. whatever he says. Did Hagrid's open the Chamber of Secrets? Was he the heir of Slytherin? I don't know. You kind of lost me on that one. I think there's He's a maybe death some circumstantial evidence, but I didn't find anything like really solid for that one that like I just I know. I think trying to prove that one hurts the rest <laughs> of our theories because it's so far out. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think a really good Harry Potter movie. Probably my favorite Harry yeah. Potter movie. Definitely my favorite. Yes, what do you guys it's great. Think? We love it's it. Very watch the watch, Chamber of very Secrets. Very fun to talk about. Watch it for Thanksgiving if this comes out before Thanksgiving. And if it comes out after, watch then it for Christmas. Watch it. Watch it after Thanksgiving. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at Popcorn Is It Real. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. Uh, leave us a review if you like us. That would be awesome. Until next time, the, the popcorn, popcorn isn't real. real.